0: subject that I'm going to be preaching about this morning is faith. Now, faith is is an interesting topic to tackle. Uh, You know, when you say you're going to preach about faith, you could go a thousand different directions with that Uh, because realistically the Bible from beginning to end is really a story about faith, right? And so there's so many aspects of it. I would liken it When you say we're going to preach about or talk about faith, I would liken that to saying something along the lines of uh, somebody's going to come up and we're going to talk about or teach about the human body. So if we're going to teach about the human body, I could kind of brush over that with a broad stroke and just try to give you an all-encompassing view. Or there's so many different aspects of the human body There's all of these different systems, these different parts, right? You've got the bone structure, the muscular structure, you've got your digestive system, reproductive system, your neurosystem. There's all these different things that if we wanted to, we could actually just go right into a specific area of the human body and we could spend hours and hours and hours teaching about just one part of it. But all of the parts of the human body, they all work together really in sync Right, one depend, They all depend on each other working properly for the body to function. So when I say we're going to talk about faith today, I'm trying to give you an analogy of the way I'm viewing this, is that we're going to take kind of an aspect, we're going to kind of put under the microscope an aspect of faith and just look at how faith behaves in a particular way and in a particular area of how should we, we should see this working in our lives. This is by no way to imply that the message is going to give you an all-encompassing full lesson on what faith is. But my, my intention is simply to, to take a look at this in this story in the Bible and see how faith behaves, and, and to challenge us to say, listen, is my faith really behaving this way, and if not, how can I begin to contend to live in a daily, on a daily basis in a way that aligns with the demonstration of faith that we see in this particular story in the Bible, okay? Now, this is what i found, is that faith is active, it's not passive, by nature of what it is, faith is really, if it's passive, then it's, it's not actually being applied. Faith is always active uh, by the nature of what it is, meaning it's exerted, it's applied into our lives in order to see God move and to see God do things. But a lot of times, because we're people uh, and because we're, we're all in the, in the same boat on this, there can be a lot of situations that we get into where we kind of we idle and faith sort of tends to just sit there and not be active, and we kind of wait to see God move or to see God do something, and, and then we feel like maybe once we see some signs, once we see a few things start happening, and we see evidence that, okay, things are beginning to work, then our faith can kind of get applied or our faith can become active in a situation. But the reality is, is that that's not the way that this thing works, is that faith is is going to be active ahead of time. Faith is believing in what it cannot even see yet. In fact, the fruition of the very things that we are believing for or hoping for or contending for, in a lot of cases, result from a process, from a a place of perseverance through a period of time of faith being active and intensifying through a season of our lives or through a process in order for that faith to continue to, to believe all through this period, even when there's no evidence or no sign in the physical, and then ultimately the final fruition or the final uh, outpouring of what we're believing for begins to happen. But there's so much that, is ha- that needs to happen in the spiritual realm, in the faith realm, before we actually see all of the signs and the fireworks and all the things that we believe are coming right but a lot of times we can just more see, we we pray for something or we think about something that we believe is we want to see happen and then we just kind of our faith it's like we press the pause button and then we wait well hopefully god'll do something when god does something or when i see something then i will start to believe but that's not that's not the way we see faith in the bible right so let's take a look at a story we're going to visit first kings first kings chapter 18 And we're going to look at a story of a guy named Elijah. Elijah. Elijah is a prophet in the Old Testament. He's an awesome prophet. And like many prophets, or all the prophets, God would speak to them. He would declare things to them. And then their role and responsibility would be to proclaim and be a voice, a mouthpiece for God to the people. But they carried this sense of faith in prayer and, and believing and contending for what God was doing after he declared a thing by his word to them, to see that thing come to pass and to see that thing played out. Many times God would speak something to them, I'm going to do this, and it wouldn't happen immediately or right away. You get that. There's a process that would go forth. There was a, a period of time, many times a long season that would go through, and the prophet would not just put their faith on pause or not just say, here's what God said and then walk away, I'll come back when something happens. They were very much involved and engaged in an active uh, place of faith and prayer along the way until what God spoke actually came to pass. Right? So you have God speaking it, you have it happening, but you have this whole period in between we'll call the gap. And it's really about what is happening in that gap, guys, in our lives. What are we doing in that gap period in our lives that I want to challenge us with today? And Elijah gives us a great example of how faith is never idle, faith is always active. Amen? So just quickly a little bit about him so you can understand. Elijah is is a prophet during the time of King Ahab. King Ahab, who was known to be a very ruthless, horrible king over Israel. He was known to be terrible because he turned away from the true God, and he began to worship idols and other gods, particularly called the Baals. And so they were false gods, and they sacrificed to them. They built temples to them. I mean, it was complete uh, idolatry, and it was everything against what God obviously wanted the people of Israel, how he wanted them to follow him. And, And actually, alongside of King Ahab was a very famous woman that we hear about a lot named Queen Jezebel. How many people have heard that name? Jezebel. Right? And so you know what the uh, obvious implication here is, is that behind every bad and evil man is an even more evil woman, right? Influencing the situation. It's just, I'm just making observations here. Um, Well, enough of that. So what happens is, God speaks to the prophet Elijah, because Israel is caught up in all this idolatry and he says look i am there's going to be a drought we're going to bring a drought to the land there's going to be no rain and basically that is going to be a dry season and all of, as a result there's going to be no crops there's going to be no food there's going to be a famine in the land and ultimately what happens is you got to understand is that god would just sort of pull back his covering when people were in rebellion and as a res- it wasn't that, that God was like doing all these horrible things. It was God was just pulling back his covering. And as a result of God's covering being lifted, ultimately, horrible things begin to happen whenever we're, if we're ever in a place like that, right? So God pulled his covering back. There's no rain. Right, rain represents blessing from God. So God pulls His covering back. These people are in rebellion, and so then, so then there becomes famine. There becomes pestilence, and all these horrible things. And God said to a, uh, to Elijah, "Go tell Ahab, I'm going to bring a drought." And so he goes and he tells Ahab that he's going to bring a drought. And then that lasted for a period of about three and a half years. Three and a half years. And Elijah was spent some of the time in the wilderness during that three and a half years. Where, uh, as a side point, but an amazing part of the story, God provided for him supernaturally. He was able to live off of water from a brook that was still flowing. And it says that the ravens actually brought food and dropped it to him by day in the evening. And so he had food supernaturally. Supernaturally. It's a powerful testimony to the fact that God can always provide for us even in a time of famine, that no matter how much there seems to be a lack of resources in our lives, no matter how bad economy is, no matter how bad our finances are, no matter what it is, God is never unable to provide in the worst of times for us just the way he provided for Elijah in the wilderness there. So Elijah spends time in the wilderness, and then he spends time with a, a widow and her family. And then after three and a half years, God speaks to Elijah again, and he says, Okay, I want you to go back to Ahab and tell him that I'm going to bring rain. The drought is over. All right? So let's take a look at that. We'll enter in in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1. It says, It came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah In the third year saying, go, present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Now, it seems simple, but really it's not, because what Elijah is now in the position of doing is he's heard the word of the Lord. We hear the word of the Lord. When we read our Bibles, it's the word of God, right? When we hear the word of God preached, we hear the word of God taught, we are hearing the word of the Lord. Elijah heard the word of the Lord. It said, go and tell Ahab I'm going to bring rain. But there was no rain yet. (laughs) You understand that? There had been no rain, in fact, for three and a half years. The ground was parched. It was dry. It was hard. It was cracking. Everything on the outside, evidence, would tell you there's no rain around. So he says, go and tell Ahab. So immediately... What the word of the Lord required from Elijah was action, and that action that was required for him to go talk to Ahab that rain is coming required most definitely faith, because for him to go tell Ahab rain is coming, he was risking his life. Ahab hated Elijah. He saw him as the reason for all of this turmoil in Israel. He didn't take responsibility for it himself. He blamed Elijah. So there's a very good chance that if the hand of God wasn't protecting Elijah, as soon as as Ahab laid eyes on him, he would have had him executed. You get that. So immediately when when the word of the Lord is heard... It requires our faith to be put into action in order for that for that for for God to continue to move and do what he wants to do in and through our lives. We can't hear the word of the Lord and not believe and anything happen. We have to hear the word of the Lord and we have to believe and trust him in what he says is true and in that believing and trusting is faith which provokes us to action that comes out of that faith and then God begins to move through those actions that we take in our lives. And that's what happens. He has to go and he has to talk to Ahab. So take a look at verse 41. and Verses 41 through 46 are where this whole story unfolds that we're talking about today. This is where he goes. It says, then Elijah said to Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. So the whole crux of this story is that Elijah believes and trusts that God's word is going to happen, that rain is, in fact, coming. Everything about the way he behaves, about the way he acts, about the way he believes is all based on the fact that he heard the word of the Lord say, I'm going to bring rain. He trusted it, and he is now doing everything from that point, believing that this is what's coming. The Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter one, verse 12, it says, the Lord watches over his word to see that it will be performed. See, guys, we can trust and we can know that God stands behind his word. He is fully in alignment with making sure that when a child of faith believes what that word says, God will absolutely every time ensure that his word comes to pass. And Elijah understands that. I heard the word of the Lord. He's going to bring rain, and I'm going forward, and I'm going to do what God told me to do to declare it to Ahab. And I know and I trust that rain is coming. At what point, he does not know, but he knows rain is coming, and he is acting in full faith in everything that he's doing that rain is going to happen. He told Ahab, he said, go up and eat and drink. Be merry. Interesting. There's no food. There's famine, right? Nobody would behave like this in a time where there was lack of all of these resources. That would be absolute ridiculous. It would be unheard of. You don't go feast whenever there's a famine. Interesting, right? But he says, no, no, no. Rain's coming. Go. Go eat. Go drink. I mean, he is laying it on the line. I love this. Like, his faith is so active that for him, there's really no turning back. He's a dead man, If God doesn't show up, you get it? I mean, there's no turning back. I remember a time whenever we were uh, early in our marriage, Katie and I, and in the beginning of our having six children, uh, in the beginning it wasn't real easy for us to have kids. Some of you heard us talk about that before It was actually pretty difficult for us to get pregnant with our first child and then even more difficult for us to get pregnant a second time. And we really believed that God had said to us that we were to have a big family. We we believed that he had put that desire in our heart and we had stood on faith, but never so much were we challenged to keep that faith active as to when we were pregnant the second time and we felt that the Lord spoke to us and showed us that he wasn't just going to bring another pregnancy, that we were going to have twins And God did some amazing things. That's a longer story. But just to say that he put it in our heart that there were going to be two babies. And when we went to the doctor to get, you know, all of the results of whatever they do, the ultrasound and everything like that, they were very clear. I mean, the doctor was very definitive that one of these child, one of these children will not make it. There's two fetuses, but one is way underdeveloped. And statistically, probability, you're going to have one baby. There's not going to be two. Um, and of course, initially, there's that immediate point where you're, you're like crushed, you're like heartbroken, right? But the fact is, is this was some man that was telling us this. God had already spoken to us about what he was going to do. But, but, but there's this wrestle that you go through in something like that, in that moment, and ultimately, guys, your faith has to come out on top in those times. And so a lot like how I see what Ahab did here, where he's like, he went and he said to, or what Elijah did, he went to Ahab and he said, go and eat and drink, He put himself on the line. There was no turning back. As we were leaving that doctor's office that day, just Katie and I in the car, it was a very kind of somber moment, and we are like, what are we going to do? And we first, we were kind of like, we're just not going to say anything about the second baby. Let's just wait another month. We'll pray. We'll just trust God. We'll just not say anything. That way, you know, we don't tell people we're having twins, and then, you know, if something happens, if, right? And it was like, all of a sudden, in that car that day, God just, boom, put the hammer down and was like... No. Pick up that phone and go and declare what you've already heard me say. And there was something about the next 15 minutes, guys, that's forever changed our lives. We picked up that phone, we called all of our family, and we said, it's twins. We're having twins. Never even breathe a word of what the doctor said other than just keep praying, everything's good and everything's healthy. And interestingly enough, Not only did I feel like we were responding to God, I felt like my faith actually increased in that moment. I felt like something built in me and got established in me that, quite frankly, is forever been getting applied in our lives in so many other situations since then. There was no turning back after that. And, you know, the beautiful outcome of that, as you probably know if you know from our family, that we went back the next month and the doctors were blown away. Wow, there's two... Two babies. They're both here. They're both healthy. The other one has caught up to the, to the first one, and they're the same size. I mean, two healthy fetuses here. Amen, right? It was just a praise to God story. And I feel like there was just, it was just like an opportunity for our faith to be tested and our faith to get applied in that situation. And that's basically a lot of what I see here that, that Elijah is doing and what God is really looking for us to do. He's looking for us to respond to what we've already heard, to what we know to be true from God's word, and to not believe anything else will come to pass. But a lot of times we look for for more signs, right? I mean, Elijah could have easily said, you know what, God, I get it. Um, Maybe when I see a bunch of clouds in the sky... When I hear some thunder, I see some lightning, I think that'll probably be a good time for me to go talk to Ahab because then it's like it's pretty obvious it's going to be, right? There's nothing going on. And, a- and Elijah is expected to respond and move in faith. So take a look now at verse 43, um, uh, 42 and 43. It says, and so then Elijah went up on top of Mark- Mount Carmel He bowed down to the ground, put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. And so he went up, and he looked, and he said, there is nothing. There is nothing. So Elijah says to Ahab, go eat, drink. There is the sound of abundance of rain. Yet, we see a few verses later here in the story, there's absolutely nothing going on in the sky. How is he hearing rain? Think about that for a second. How does he hear rain? I'll tell you. He hears nothing from a physical standpoint. There is no sound of rain in the sky. What he hears, guys, this is huge, is entirely through his spiritual ears, he is so much in faith and expectancy of what God is going to do, that he is literally hearing things by the Spirit of God in his spiritual ears that are indications of exactly what God is getting ready to do in his situation. And might I add that for all of us, as we walk closely with God and we stand in definitive place of faith of knowing what we heard to be true and going to come to pass, that we too... Guys, we'll hear with spiritual ears beyond our physical ability, knowing that what God is doing is coming, and that it's close, and it's going to come to pass. We should be sensitive in our spiritual ears if we're walking truly in a place of faith on a daily basis, believing what God said is going to come to pass, even when what? There's nothing in the sky. I love this. He goes up and he prays. He gets on his knees. You see, faith and prayer really go hand in hand. He gets on his knees and he prays and he believes that God is bringing this thing to pass. But notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't stand back and go idle and then wait for something to happen after he's declared what God is getting ready to do. He never disconnects or disengages from this position, this direction of faith that he's headed in for what he's believing God to get ready to do. He goes, he sends his servant up on the mountain to the top while he's praying, and the servant seven times comes back and says what? There is nothing. Nada. You may have lost it, dude. There's nothing out there. You may want to be making plans for your coffin and we're going to bury you here, right? Right? There's nothing. Think about this. How many times would we if we heard the sign come back after we started to believe God there's nothing, there's nothing out there. What would we do? How would we respond? See a lot of people they would pack up and they would walk down the mountain with their head hung low, defeated. There's no sense of that. It says he sent his servant back up seven times. Seven times. Seven is a divine number of completion. It means to see a process all the way through to fulfillment. You understand what, he's, what the Bible's teaching us? It's saying, look, he didn't move from faith. He didn't move from prayer. He stayed persistently persevering through this thing. He was in the beginning, and he never moved, and he saw it through all the way to the end. Seven times, he sent the servant. Seven times, he said, there is nothing. And then, on the number seven, the divine number of completion, when he had prayed this thing through, when he had been in faith persevering through the end of this thing, on the seventh time, listen to what happens. Verse 44, then it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. The servant said that. So he said, Elijah, go up to Ahab and tell him, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. It's a cloud the size of a man's hand. Think about it. It's a speck. It's a dot in the gulf of the sky. And what does Elijah do? That's it, baby. That's what we've been waiting for. <laughs> Servants probably like, okay. Let me, just, let me just paint a picture. It'd be like you're in financial destitute You need God to show up with provision. You're walking along and you see a quarter on the ground. There it is, baby, write the check. He's here, he's going to do it. It's crazy, right? It's not crazy. It's the kind of reaction that our faith provokes. When faith is operative, when faith is active, it doesn't need a gigantic sky swelling cloud to indicate that God is moving and doing something. It stays active. It never disengages. And when it sees the smallest sign of something happening, it begins to move more and it it elevates, it intensifies in the situation and it knows that God is on the move. Thank God that his faith was working in that moment because as that small cloud came it was just a matter of time before the rest of the clouds came the sky got dark and then the rain began to pour but you know guys here's what happens a lot of times we we want to trust god we want to believe for something we want to you know we know that he's going to we've read something in his word and then we say a prayer one time and then when we don't see something happen we get disheartened we get discouraged And we just bail out of the process. Isn't that true? It happens that way. Seven times. There's something that God understands. And that he knows. He always knows what's best for us. He's something he understands about the process of us persevering through in our faith. To a place of completion before he begins to bring the fulfillment of that thing to pass in our lives. There's, a, there's an intensification, there's a growing, there's a, there's a building that happens in us to just stay plugged in in a place of faith and not allow ourselves to be moved out of it and trust all the way through until we finally see the result of God move and do what we know he's going to do the whole time. See, I could probably go out and some people could go out and they could run a mile, right? Right? Yeah, they could run a mile and they could do it really, really well. Listen, just because you can run a mile does not mean you can run a marathon. It's a different process. God takes us through all kinds of different processes. I don't understand the, w- many times through them what's all that's happening like you, but I do know That every process is unique and every process is different, but ultimately what makes them all the same is that my faith needs to stay grounded and needs to stay engaged and needs to stay active all the way through to the fulfillment of whatever that thing is that God is going to bring to pass. Amen? And through that, we grow stronger. Our faith builds and we have more to build off of from the, in the next thing that we go through. The Bible says some interesting things about faith, and I'll close with this. It says that the just shall live by faith. It says that we are to walk by faith, not by sight. It says that we live from faith to faith. One of the most obvious implications that we can take is that we are really never to be out of a place of faith in our lives as we go through day to day, our faith is always required to be active in order to see the things of God come to pass. That's the deal. Our faith engaged is always required, it can never be disengaged, idle, or removed from the things that God is building and doing in our lives, many times through processes, through seasons. And ultimately, the very last thing that we actually see is the rain. Finally, the rain comes. It floods the whole place out. The famine and the drought are over. Celebrate. Wahoo, right? But there was so much that actually went on before the rain came. Physically, nothing was happening. In the spiritual, Elijah was totally active and engaged. His faith was building and growing and intensifying all the way to the fruition of when that rain would finally come. When we're going through things in our lives, guys, when we, we know that we're trusting God for something and we need to trust God for something, let me just ask it to you this way. Like, What is the rainstorm that you're looking for? What is the rain that you believe is coming? And if that's the case, what does the level of spiritual activity in your life look like in the gap? What's happening in the gap? Because if you're idle, if you're disengaged, if the motor's running but nowhere, you're going nowhere, then we're not progressively building and intensifying in our faith through this process, which is probably the biggest part of what God's trying to do in taking you through this. See, i found God, we like time. We like to know times. God created time. He's outside of it. So he's not so much like it has to happen in this time or that time. For him, it's just really all about the process. It's all about really what is happening in us. He knows when it's going to come to pass, so it's already going to happen. So the time isn't as relevant to him as it somehow is to us in our human, you know, nature. The key is what are we doing in that gap? Because the real challenge is for you to stay engaged. That's the real challenge is for your faith to stay operative. You say, okay, pastor, how do you do that? He heard the word of the Lord. He heard the word, and he never moved from that all the way through. The word of the Lord, that's the word of God coming right there. (laughs) He heard the word of the Lord. And for him, that was all he needed. That's all he needed. Stand to your feet with me today. When we're convinced that something is coming, we behave differently, don't we? I mean, it's interesting, whenever those hurricanes last year were coming down in the, in the Gulf area and you're watching the reports and stuff, you can see that like, there's frantic activity going on. People are boarding up windows. They're they're putting all their stuff away. They're securing everything. They're evacuating the area. I mean, if it was totally clear skies all the way across the ocean, we'd think these people were insane, wouldn't we? But yet there's nothing actually happening yet over them. But there's all of this activity that's taking place ahead of time because of the expectancy and the anticipation of what's coming. I pray today that you start to hear the sound of rain. I pray today that you look at what your rainstorm that's coming is and that you get so close to God in your prayers on your knees and in your faith and you recognize that God is doing something in the gap, He is doing something in the process, that you get so close that God begins to go past your physical ears and He begins to open your spiritual ears and you begin to hear the sound of rain. See, we were forever changed by that story that happened with us and the twins. Forever. In a lot of ways, I think about the way that God called us to come and start this church to plant this church and showed us a vision and a picture of multitudes of people in their lives being impacted in a powerful way and the power of God being known in a way like never before. And look, I'm not saying, all I know is that I just recognize that God, he spoke and he said something and we acted, we had faith, we believed and we, you better believe that we've been praying. And I can tell you this, I feel like now I'm starting to hear rain. I feel like now I'm starting to hear the sound of rain. I feel like I feel like by what I see each week and the things God is doing, I feel like I actually could see a cloud in the sky out there coming. Amen. But the rain ain't even busted open yet. It's coming. It's coming for sure. I pray that you live in your life like that every single day because I know God has powerful things that he wants to do for you and through you and in you but I know that he is looking for a people who will stay engaged, who will stay in faith no matter what's happening on the external, no matter what's happening in the circumstances outside. People who would say, you could tell me there is nothing in the sky seven times and it's not going to matter. It's not going to change what I'm doing. It's not going to remove me from a place of faith and knowing that God is going to." to do something whenever he chooses to do that and i will not be moved in that thing hallelujah father in jesus name i thank you for every single person here today god i ask you lord now, as your word has been spoken, as you have given us your word today, God, that you would impart, that you would deposit a new measure of faith, of belief, of expectancy in each and every one of us today, God. Help us to recognize the need to stay engaged Help us to recognize the times where we're in the gap between hearing and between the fulfillment and to know that as we stand in faith in the gap, God, that ultimately that you will bring to fruition what you've spoken, you will do in our lives. Bring a certainty, bring a solid foundation in that and people right now by, by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name today, those who are open to receive, whose hearts are willing to hear the word and receive it, God, with meekness, like it's fallen on fertile soil, God, begin to plant that seed deep and begin to grow in their lives, a new a new place of faith for expectancy for what you'll do. And while every head is bowed and every eye is still closed, let me just say this. For so many of the people of Israel, that rain represented, it was like salvation that was coming to the nation, salvation, deliverance. They were being rescued out of a time of famine and drought and things would begin to grow. Things would begin to live again in their land. Can I tell you something? There's no greater decision you will ever make than to follow Jesus. There is no greater word or news than you could hear than Jesus died to save you from your sins so you could have eternal life. If you've never heard that word today, or you've never believed that and made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, I urge you, I encourage you now, ask him in your heart today. Say, Jesus, come and live on the inside of me. I turn from the old life I have known, and I turn to you. And by Jesus, by the according to the written word of God, he will make you a new creation in Christ. You will be born again, and you will live eternally in heaven with God. But prior to that decision, guys, we are spiritually dead. We are spiritually dry. It's when we hear that first word, that first good news of Jesus Christ, and we receive that, that we begin to live spiritually. And every promise and every power that comes according to the written word of God can then begin to be unleashed and flow into our lives after that if you prayed that prayer today, I encourage you to come speak to someone. If you've given your life to Jesus, come talk to me. Come talk to some of our leaders and let us know. We want to walk with you through your journey. We want to encourage you. We want to help you to know the tools and the ways to continue to build your faith in this amazing journey of God's purpose and plan for your life. In Christ's name I pray, amen.